I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. And you know what? I'm just going to say happy Valentine's Day to you all. So when I'm recording this episode, it is Valentine's Day. It is February 14th. However, I do know that this episode is actually going to be going live February 15th. So the day after, but It's my podcast and I feel like wishing you all happy Valentine's Day. Now, fun fact about me is that I truly have never been like a Valentine's Day kind of gal. However, for some reason, and I think I know the reason, (laughs) but for some reason, I am just feeling it this year. I am feeling... Valentine's Day this year. So if you're feeling it with me, then happy Valentine's Day. And even if you're not feeling it, happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) The reason why I feel like I'm just vibing with Valentine's Day this year is I am engaged and I get to call my fiance, fiance once for like Valentine's Day this year, you know, like next year he'll be my husband. And last year he was my boyfriend on Valentine's Day. And I don't know, there's just something about it. It feels kind of special. And I'm just allowing myself to let it be special, even though we really don't do much to celebrate. Like we're not going out for dinner. We're not doing anything elaborate. Like he's at work right now. I'm sitting in my office right now recording this podcast. So, you know, it's not like a very frivolous (laughs) Valentine's day, but just the vibes, the vibes are there and I am feeling them. I woke up to a few texts from my clients today wishing me happy Valentine's Day. And I don't know, my heart just felt so full and I love it. I love that feeling. But remember, you know, Valentine's Day is a day and we do not need to wait for February 14th to roll around (laughs) to feel like we can, you know, share our love or profess our love to the people in our life. So just a reminder, you know, um, for all of the other days during the year, I want you to just reach out to the people in your life that you love and make sure to tell them that you love them. Okay. I mean, if that is one, like, let me tell you, let's just be real right now. This past week has been 
real hard. <laughs> it's been, it's been challenging friends. And actually I, I do feel like this is important to share with you because of the topic we're going to be covering today. And it just all related. It's just like all related. Okay. So today we are going to be talking or I'm going to be answering a listener question. Um, but going back to just like this week being hard, um, a couple. So when this episode goes live, um, it will be two weeks ago. Um, we found out that a family member had a stroke and it was like, completely unexpected. He was doing really well. And then two days later he passed. And then we found out that another family member, um, just suddenly got sick, was put on life support. And she now just passed this past weekend again, completely unexpected. And it's just been hard It's been a challenging past two weeks, that's for sure. And something I want to share with you about how these past two weeks have been challenging, but like what's kind of important about that. First of all, kind of what I was saying before is, you know, we never know when things are going to take a turn in people's health and completely change their lives and our lives because of it as well. So just don't hesitate to reach out to the people around you that you love and make sure that they know it, you know? Um, I think when we lose people in our life, we kind of always are reminded of that a little bit more, but, um, I hope that's something that we can all just like take with us and hold with us and not wait for something hard to happen, you know? So, okay. So that happened. And what's really, really interesting to me is that, you know, like, this sucks. I've lost two people that were really important to me and who I were was thinking would be around a lot longer than they were or longer than they were. And um, so, yeah, these past two weeks have been hard and I've been like, you know, taking time for myself and just kind of slowing things down. You know, I actually even had the thought yesterday because yesterday was Monday and I woke up really feeling like, you know what? I just really do not want to work today. It was the day, but it was the day after. So we lost, um, that person in our lives on Sunday. And then Monday I woke up and I was just like, you know what? I am just not really feeling it today. I don't really schedule anything work-wise on Mondays. So I do specifically set my week up. So if I do have a Monday where I just really feel like I need to like tend to myself and not be working or pouring my energy into something else, I do have my week set up so I can do that. So luckily yesterday when I woke up, you know, I was feeling like I needed just another day before I started getting into work and 
I gave myself exactly that. Like I woke up, I finished the book I was reading and my mom had texted me and she like needed some help with some stuff. So I offered to do errands for her. And then I took like this super long mid-afternoon shower and took just like all the time in the world to put lotion on myself and essential oils and all the good stuff, right? So yesterday was really what I kind of call like a nothing day. Like I, I really didn't accomplish like anything um, in terms of like work-wise, but you know, I accomplished a whole lot by just giving giving myself that day off because if I pushed through yesterday and just forced myself to work and ignored what my body was asking me to do or just like, you know, ignored what my body was really and truly wanting and because I was able to give my body that um, and chose to do that, you know, I actually felt like I had the capacity to dive into work today. And that's what I was going to say. Like yesterday, I was thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't even release a podcast episode this week just with how I was feeling. But honestly, I'm so happy to be sitting down here today recording this episode. And I know that wouldn't have been the case if I would have just like pushed through yesterday, right? I would have felt even more like, okay, I don't want to work today now because I forced myself to work like yesterday, that sort of thing. So I'm very happy that I took the day off. So with all that being said, like I said, these past two weeks have been hard and I have been showing up for myself in the way of like taking things slow, allowing myself to take time off if I need to take time off or, you know, just like I see my clients when I have clients scheduled, but I'm not really like forcing myself or pushing myself to do much else above and beyond like things that I'm committed to doing. Right. So that is how I have been moving through these past two weeks and, you know, I'm feeling good and that's because I'm able to provide for myself in the ways that I need. Um, And then last week I came across an Instagram post. I think I was just flipping through stories. You know, I don't really scroll Instagram, but I will watch people's stories. I like, you know, watching people's stories. It's more of an intimate or kind of personal behind the scenes look. And it's not as curated, right? When people are posting to their stories. So I was looking at stories last week on Instagram and I came across someone sharing that they were going through a really hard week. And this was someone who is kind of like a practitioner of sorts, just as I am. So, you know, just so you know, for context, like what, who I'm kind of referring to or what type of person I'm referring to. And this person was saying how they were going through a really difficult week and what they noticed about themselves while going through this challenging week was that 
you know, they had some body image issues popping up for them while they were going through more of a stressful time. And that kind of like made me pause. And I realized, wow, this past, you know, week and a half or so, whenever I saw that post, it just made me pause and realize that, wow, I am going through a really challenging time right now. Like I am super stressed and just more emotional and, you know, just going through hard stuff. Um, and I, nothing popped up for me as far as body image went or food stuff, like none of these old behaviors or old thoughts that I once had years ago, nothing popped up. And, you know, I so related to this gal's post who was saying that, you know, she was going through a hard time and she was noticing that like the body image issues started popping up that she felt like, you know, she was kind of going back to these old thought patterns that there was these parts of her that felt like, okay, during this stressful time, we need to make our body smaller, like that type of thinking. And like I said, just reading that really gave me pause. And it was in that moment when I really realized, wow, I haven't thought about that at all. And that was pretty cool. And I just wanted to share that with you because I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast do struggle with food and body image and those thoughts about changing your body or that feeling that you need to change your body are things that you experience maybe on a regular basis or during stressful times. And I really just want you to know that that does not have to be a forever thing for you. I truly at one point in my life felt like this is just how I am. Like this is always going to be something that I am going to struggle with. And I can tell you right now, it is not. And if I can heal from my old wounds and heal all of those parts of myself that felt like life was going to be safe when I was in a certain body size, you know, if I was able to heal all of those parts within me, I am living proof that you can do it too. And I'm not just saying that and saying, okay, like go figure it out for yourself because this is exactly why I do the work that I do today. You know, this is why I am studying somatic experiencing and becoming a certified practitioner in somatic work. And this is also why I have studied parts work and becomes, became certified with parts work through a somatic lens as well, all of these tools and these like approaches to healing trauma and old wounds, this is what truly helped me heal in my life and walk away, like completely walk away and shut the door, um, shut that door. So like that, like those years of struggling with eating disorders and body image issues, what I thought was like body dysmorphia, you know, and this is not something that I struggle with anymore. And like I said, just those healing tools really allowed me to walk away and like totally shut the door and lock it with a bolt. Um, not really, 
what it really allowed me to do is just like heal those parts of me and love them back to their original versions. And if you know about the work that I do, in other words, like if you are a client of mine, you'll know that's my approach. We're not like shutting a door and closing off all of our parts. That was not accurate of me to say. Um, but what I was, what I was trying to say was like parts work and somatic work really gave me the tools. So I could like, so I don't struggle with body image issues anymore and food issues anymore, even when I'm going through these hard times. And I kind of painted a little picture for you of what that doesn't look like and what that does look like. That doesn't look like walking away or letting go of important parts of us. It also doesn't involve us taking these challenging parts of us and like putting them in a room and locking them away forever like that's not the type of healing work that we do together and the type of healing work that we do do together is meeting with those parts of us that feel like they're challenging and getting to know them and like I said we're we're loving them and nurturing them back to their original versions and Maybe I'll record a podcast episode about that next week, more of like a in-depth podcast episode about parts work because I know some of you have requested that and I think that will flow nicely after this week's podcast episode, but I am really excited to dive into this week's topic. So I must confess that... I did receive this topic request before the new year. So my loving, humble apologies to the sweet listener who sent in this request. Um, I feel like with the new year and taking some time off of podcasting. Anyways, I am getting to your question now and I read through it and honestly, my heart goes out to you. And I am just really grateful that you reached out and sent me this question and just shared some of your situation with me so I can dedicate this podcast episode to you. So I am going to read through the email that she sent to me, keeping her anonymous, of course. Um, It's quite a bit of information, but all of it is really important for getting into my answer and we'll probably go back to bits and pieces of this email just because so much of it is so important and she really did such a beautiful job at really explaining where she's at and how she's feeling and what she's struggling with so here we go this is what she has to say I am struggling with feeling overstimulated and overwhelmed by social interactions, lights, sounds, etc. I know I am a highly sensitive person, HSP, but wonder if my low weight and disordered eating might also be contributing to my struggle. 
Perhaps my low weight makes my sensitivities worse, and perhaps also my sensitive traits make me more prone to coping with stress by controlling, and she has that in quotes, food and weight. Question mark. Part of me wonders, if I were a healthier weight, would I be able to handle more? Most often, I crave to be alone, choose quiet activities, and only be with people or go places if it's very time-limited. My family finds this very tough. I fantasize about living myself even though I have an amazing husband and two-year-old two older children, pardon me. Most of the time, I feel like my nervous system is raw, that I cannot handle anything except being on the couch with a book in the quiet. Whenever I make plans, I am always putting bookends on it because I just can't handle long interactions. An hour or two is my max for any social connection, work meeting, or anything. This makes family get-togethers tough. I know BMI is not that helpful to focus on but if it helps to add some detail about myself I would say I fluctuate between and then she gives me her BMI and it is a very low BMI and I will touch more on that later okay back to her email I use a combination of restriction and exercise to keep myself at a low weight Gaining weight scares me because then that's one more thing that stresses me out, makes me feel bad about myself when already stressed, if that makes any sense. Yes, it does. At least if I'm a low weight, then when I'm upset about something, at least I don't also have to be upset about a few extra pounds. Thank you in advance for taking the time to read this and consider discussing this. I would love to know if there's been any research about this topic and your personal and professional reflections. I value your posts and podcasts so much and you inspire me. One day, I hope I will be able to figure all of this out and feel good with who I am meant to be and tolerate more things in life so that I can enjoy them and have the capacity to show my love for others in the way I wish I could. Now, to the listener who sent me this, I am sending you all of my love and I am wrapping you in my arms right now, giving you the most tender, gentle, loving, nourishing mag hug I have ever given because I totally feel you. Um, I once was you, (laughs) you know, so much of what you have shared here is absolutely things that I personally have experienced in my own life, but you also sound exactly like the women that I work with in my private coaching sessions. So I completely understand, you know, and I often notice that when I'm meeting with people on discovery calls or even when I'm with clients in a coaching call, um, a lot of people will actually say, does that make sense? And I want to remind you that everything that you're sharing completely makes sense. So nothing that I read here doesn't make sense everything makes sense. So why don't we go back and kind of like comb through this and work through this? Let's start at the beginning. 
So she says that she's struggling with feeling overstimulated and overwhelmed by kind of everything from social interactions to lights and sounds. Now, she shared that in the very first sentence and my mind, like without knowing anything about this individual, my mind immediately went to what state her nervous system is in. So as someone who's studying somatic experiencing therapy, like this is what we're always doing when working with someone is tracking their nervous system, noticing when they are in a sympathetic state, when they're in a parasympathetic state, when they're in dorsal freeze state. So we're always tracking where they are in their nervous system. So when I read, and again, I don't know this person who, other than her name, but like I said, we're keeping her anonymous, but I don't know her. And I really did not know what she was going to fully share in this email. And just within that very first sentence telling me that she's struggling with feeling overstimulated and overwhelmed by really kind of like more simple things such as social interactions, lights, sounds, etc. This is an indicator of someone, this can be a sign that someone is actually stuck in the sympathetic state. So that's where my attention goes right there. And then we continue to learn more about her and she shares that she's of a low weight, that she has low weight. And as I shared and read through more of her email, she actually shares her BMI and it is an incredibly low BMI. So it like her low weight is a fact and she also shares that she has disordered eating. So here's the thing, like you do not have to be a low weight or a low BMI or under eating to be stuck in a sympathetic state, right? Like those are not requirements of being stuck in a sympathetic state, okay? So when we go through a traumatic event in life and our nervous system doesn't actually complete that cycle, we can be stuck in a sympathetic state. But here's the thing about being at a low weight and also dealing with disordered eating, meaning, and she mentions this later on in her email as well, is that she like restricts, right? So she openly shares that she's restricting food and she also knows that she is of a low weight and has a low BMI. So both of those things, having a low weight and restricting your food, that sends signals of danger to the body. So just that alone, the body is perceiving threat. The body is perceiving danger. And when our bodies perceive those things, it goes into a self-protection response, right? So that's what those different states of our nervous system are. I think a lot of us kind of forget that, that the sympathetic state and the dorsal vagal state, these are self 
protective responses and we need them, right? Because this is life and there are going to be things in life that do like that we want to trigger as not safe, as a threat, as dangerous. And we want these self-protective responses to come online. We don't want to be stuck in them. We don't want to be like chronically living in these sympathetic or dorsal vagal states, right? In the fight or flight or the freeze states. We don't want to chronically be in those states, but they are self-protection responses, brilliant self-protection responses. So they serve a huge purpose in our survival. But like I said, things like low weight, disordered eating, these are things that trigger to our body that, hey, something is not safe. Like this is danger. I am not safe right now. So just even knowing that she's of a low weight and is restricting her food, these are also all reasons why her nervous system would be perceiving threat and be in a chronic state of dysregulation or a chronic state of being stuck in that sympathetic state. And like I said, there are characteristics that do tell us, oh, that person might be in a sympathetic response and feeling like you are overstimulated, overwhelmed by social interactions, lights and sounds, those are all indicators that can tell us that, hey, this person is dysregulated. This person is in that sympathetic state. So when we know that she has a low body weight, a very low BMI and disordered eating, this kind of like confirms that yes, this would be the case because those things would be signaling to the nervous system that something is not safe. So then when she goes on to say, perhaps my low weight makes my sensitivities worse and perhaps also my sensitive traits make me more prone to coping with stress by controlling food and weight question mark. Yes, like having a low body weight and restricting your food is telling your body that, hey, like a threat is here or you know, we are not safe. So it does go into that self-protection response. And in this case, it looks like it is the sympathetic state. And that is why these things are feeling so overwhelming and so overstimulating. It, It happened to me too. And like I said, these are just very like classic characteristics of being in a sympathetic state and when our bodies are of a healthy weight and no longer triggering that a threat is around like when our nervous system does not perceive a threat and that's not going to happen when we're properly nourishing our bodies and our bodies are actually sitting at a weight and size that they're meant to sit at. So then these things that once felt so overwhelming and so overstimulating to our systems, like that is not going to be the case anymore. So kind of going back to 
what I had shared in the beginning about, you know, like what's been going on in my life right now, experiencing two deaths in our family over the course of like nine days, that would have sent me spinning years ago. Like two of my eating disorders were triggered by deaths in my life you know like that's it's not a coincidence um so that's like how my nervous system responded in the past okay and now that I am nourishing myself abundantly making sure that I am getting enough food on a daily basis consistently not just sometimes but literally every single day and if you know me you know this is fact so eating enough to support my body and not have my nervous system constantly thinking that threat is here or it is in danger and therefore also having my body sit at this weight that it also is not perceiving danger you know I am able to go through life and experience these hard times without feeling so overwhelmed by everything because I am in this safe place, okay? And no, it was not just about eating enough and getting my body to a place where it felt safe. I also had to deal with my inner wounds, like I said at the beginning of this show. It's all... It's all related. It all works together. And like, also, how can you expect yourself to eat more and gain weight? Just as this person is saying in their email, but like, how can you expect yourself to accomplish those things or do those things if you're dealing with like traumas around those things, right? That is actually preventing you from doing that. So we have to deal with that stuff first before moving on and getting to a place where you are okay with eating more. And then when your body maybe changes because of that, right? Because of nourishing your body properly, then you're able to do that too without feeling like it is the end of the world. So Moving on to her next paragraph, it says, part of me wonders if I were a healthier weight, would I be able to handle more? Yes, as I confirmed before, absolutely, because you aren't going to be chronically thinking that there is threat, that you're in danger, right? So then all of a sudden, instead of living your life chronically from a sympathetic state, you are able to be flexible between those nervous systems, right? We are largely living from a parasympathetic state, but when threat actually does happen, let's say you're like driving and I'm only using this example right now because it's winter here where I live and, you know, it's been melting and then freezing. So the roads are super slippery and they're slick, right? It's icy. So let's say you're driving and then you hit the brake and you try to stop and your car just like kind of slips and maybe you do a spin, right? That would be a time where like our 
nervous system is going to flip over into that self-protection response, okay, because it needs to, because that is like something that feels dangerous, that is like could potentially be a threat, right? Um, But then we get out of that right? Like we allow that to complete, we move out of that sympathetic state and back into that parasympathetic. So 100%, if you are at a healthier weight, but also nourishing your body with enough calories to signal that there is no threat around, you absolutely can handle more. Just again, as I confirmed with myself, right, this past two weeks being really difficult, I'm able to handle this versus I wasn't able to handle that before when I was at too low of a body weight for myself and also not eating enough food. Absolutely not everything would have felt way too overwhelming for me. So she goes on to say, most often I crave to be alone, choose quiet activities and only be with people or go places if it's very like time limited, meaning, you know, max two hours, she said. And she's like fantasizing about being by herself, even though she has this amazing husband and two children. And she actually says like her nervous system feels raw and that she can't handle anything except being on the couch with a book and just like being in the quiet. Um, so absolutely we need to be looking at you know what are these things in your life that are signaling to your nervous system that there you know is threat or there is potential danger and like why does it feel that it needs to be in that sympathetic response all the time and we've already talked about that we've confirmed that that the body will feel that way when it is of a low weight, too low. And just like a side note, friends, that like you do not get to determine what weight or what BMI your body is going to be happy at. (laughs) Okay. Let's just like clarify that right now. Like it is not like up to you. Let's just say that it is not up to you. I would have never chose like the number that my body lands at now and thought like, oh yeah, you know, that is the way that I want to be at. That is going to be like the weight for me when everything, you know, starts falling in place and um, everything's working and I'm functioning at my best, right? No, my body knew and I had to let my body do her thing. And the only reason I was ever able to get to the weight (laughs) that I am right now um, is do my own healing work, right? But I really just allowed my body to show me where she needed to be. So many women are so fixated and focused on like where they feel like their body needs to be. But like, uh, like, how do you know? Like, can we not give that up? Like give that responsibility to our bodies to 
tell us. And I do this in like, I share more about this in one of my previous episodes when I go through the markers of health. I think it's like 15 markers of health. You can scroll back a few episodes and find that. It's a really good episode and I cover literally like 15 different health markers. And these are all ways that the body communicates with us saying like, hey, this is a sign that where I'm at right now is good for me, right? But if our body's aren't giving us those signs like if your sleep is shit if you're constipated all the time if you're super overwhelmed by literally everything in life if your period's missing etc 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 right there's all of these signs that our body it can communicate to us saying like hey i am healthy this is where i'm meant to be Okay, Um, so go back to that episode if you haven't yet. But that was kind of like that side note. I needed to say it that we do not just decide, you know, we don't have that right to just be like, you know what? I like this number. This is the number that I'm going to go with. No, like your body decides, your body gets to decide. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. And if that feels really scary, then that's a reason why, you know, we dive deeper and heal these things within ourselves. And this is the work that I do with my clients. If you're interested, reach out because I'd love to be that support for you. Okay, so I'm just going to move on now, but I needed to say that. So she said, I know BMI is not that helpful to focus on. Now, I also want to say something about this. No, I, you know, I get my clients to fill out an intake form before I start working with them. On that intake form, I do not ask their weight, but I also will never be asking their BMI because it just doesn't matter, right? Like (laughs) it truly doesn't matter. I recently had a one-on-one session with one of my clients who I love very dearly. I mean, I love all of my clients very dearly, but she's one of my clients who I worked with for several months and now we're like on a once a month kind of rotation. So her and I had a session recently, just like within the past month, talking about her BMI because it was actually brought up in a doctor's appointment. And anyways, we had this whole conversation around BMI and how just like bullshit it is because this client of mine, she's strong. She has a lot of muscle on her frame. And for that reason, it puts her into a category within like the BMI scale that her doctor was like concerned about. So we had to kind of like bring this all back to reality for her and really talk through this and make sense of this and, you know, um, just really de-myth or de- like debunk all of the crazy beliefs around BMI because it is not like we do not focus on BMI around here. However, I will say when I see a BMI this low, 
I can tell you that the body absolutely is signaling danger, signaling like, hey, things are not safe right now. And therefore, like I said before, your body will be in that self-protection response. And in this case, it is that like chronic sympathetic state. Then she goes on to say, I use a combination of restriction and exercise to keep myself at a low weight. So this is like a highlighted sentence for me. I use a combination of restriction and exercise to keep myself at a low weight. Okay, again, another conversation that I recently had with my client, one of my clients that I see weekly, she like just within our conversation, it kind of came up that she feels like it's very difficult to maintain her weight. And we had a whole conversation, like a beautiful conversation around the fact that like maintaining your weight should not be hard. It should not feel like a challenge. So As this gal says in her email, you know, she uses a combination of restriction and exercise to keep herself at a low weight, right? Right there, that tells us that like, that is not the weight that her body actually needs to be at. And she's doing things to like fight where her body actually wants to be. Again, another huge like flag waving at me saying like this body is stressed out. This body is trying so hard to find health, to find healing, to find safety, right? Like that is literally like our bodies are always always trying to survive. That is li- like you know like you cut your finger and you don't even have to do anything, but like the skin starts healing, right? I was, like I said, I was showering yesterday and I was shaving my legs and I nicked my knee real good, which I tend to do literally every single time I shave my legs. And, you know, today it's all healed. I didn't have to do anything in order for that to happen, right? Our bodies are amazing. So our bodies are always trying to survive and our bodies want to feel safe. So if we have to do things such as restrict and exercise in order to be at a certain weight, like that is not the weight that your body actually wants to be at. So you're fighting your body from where it actually wants to be, which again, like fighting that's that's very much like going to put us in that chronic sympathetic state the next part of that paragraph goes on to say gaining weight scares me because then there's that's one more thing that stresses me out makes me feel bad about myself when I'm already stressed and I so deeply get that and this is really where I would bring in parts work to work with this individual. If you are listening to this episode right now and gaining weight also scares you and it feels terrifying, like I have been there too before, okay? I get that. There is like major 
trauma and wounded parts that we get to work with and support so we can get ourselves to a healthier place so we can heal these parts of ourselves and move on and not be living in this place where we're constantly feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated by everything around us right and it really does absolutely break my heart to think that and I am not you know specifically just talking to this individual who sent me this email I know that many women around the world feel this way that they rather stay at a certain weight and deal with the overwhelming feeling of life than gain weight, you know? And that's the reality of it. So I just want you to know that healing absolutely is possible. So if gaining weight scares you, and here's another thing that like you need to know about my approach with working with individuals. Okay, we are never ever going to do something that scares you. Let's just like clarify that right now. So like fact, over the years, I have had my private practice since 2014. That is nearly a decade, guys. How wild. I have been doing this work for nearly a decade. And in those nine years, I have never ever made my clients do something that scares them okay that's not the way that we heal it's not that's the way we re-traumatize ourselves and our system so that is not the approach okay and I will also say that over those nine years I have worked with countless women who came to me who actually did need to gain weight and then ended up gaining that weight without re-traumatizing themselves, without feeling like they had to white knuckle it, without feeling like they were doing the scariest thing in the entire world. Okay. So I just need to really clarify that, that, you know, if someone comes to me and says that, Hey, like, I'm super underweight, but gaining weight scares me. Like, we're not just going to like be like, oh, too bad. You need to gain weight. Okay. We work with those parts of you that feel terrified to gain weight. Um, This is my approach. I've been doing it literally, like I said, for nearly a decade and it works. We take the gentle, compassionate approach around here. So... I, once again, that that brings us to the end of this gal's email. And like I said, I really wanted to record this podcast episode because I know that it will touch the lives or just it will resonate with so many women around the world, you know, and that's what I had said to her when she sent me this email initially, um, I just kind of assured her that, you know, I absolutely will be recording an episode on this topic and exploring it more and offering, you know, my guidance and insight, because I know 
women, like this is a real problem. And like I said, I was absolutely there myself too. And, you know, to offer like my personal and professional reflections on this topic as she asked me to do, I think I, you know, did that throughout the episode, but really when it, when it comes down to it, like personal reflections is like, I've absolutely been there before. I have been underweight. I have been under eating. Like I spent most of my life under eating sometimes intentionally and sometimes totally like oblivious to the fact because our world is so twisted and we are literally brainwashed thinking that a certain amount is enough when it's actually not and us women like you guys like we need way more food than what we even realize okay um that is fact that is truth so I have been exactly in the shoes of this individual who sent me this email and I have healed from it and that looked like healing these parts of me that were very very terrified of gaining weight and what I mean by healing these parts of me. And like I said, I do think that would be a really good podcast episode for me to do next week, kind of doing like a deeper dive on parts work, because I do see that this episode is nearly almost an hour now. So I do want to do that next week, but healing these parts of me, like we have these parts that are protecting other parts within us and that's what I'll dive deeper into next week. But that was part, like a huge part of my healing journey. And then of course, like acknowledging the fact that, Hey, like, yes, you are feeling this way because your nervous system is stuck in that sympathetic response and everything. Like when, when you are in that sympathetic response, absolutely. Things are going to feel incredibly overwhelming, overstimulating when, you know, they don't actually have to feel that way. Um, Life can actually be pretty awesome, you know, and I really want you to feel that way. So then I guess that brings me to, you know, my professional kind of reflections and insights and things like that is um, I do want you to, I want all of you, not just this individual who sent me this email, but I want all of you to know that you don't have to do this alone. You know, it's, it's like you, I hold the space for my clients and they're the ones doing the healing, but like, we do not have to do this all by ourselves, right? Like it's kind of, I don't want to, cause it's absolutely not impossible to do by yourself. Okay. I, so that's not what I'm saying that it's impossible, but when we are stuck in a sympathetic state and we cannot regulate ourselves that like, it's like, you can't regulate yourself. So that's where like sessions with someone like myself can be incredibly helpful because it's called co-regulation and I can 
do an entire podcast episode about co-regulation too, but like when we are stuck in the sympathetic, cannot regulate ourselves, this is why being in the space and being held by someone who can offer that co-regulation to you is literally life-changing. So, you know, professional kind of insights is if it is within your financial capacity, I absolutely would encourage you to find someone that you resonate with that feels good for you that can support you in the way that you need to be supported and I guess I'll wrap up this episode with just once again reminding all of you that you do not need to heal by yourself you know in the end you are the one who is going to do the healing for you but like you don't have to do this with zero support it's it's honestly really hard to do it that way. Um, and I just kind of explained one of the reasons why that is. So anyways, I know and I kind of hope that this episode resonates with many of you across the world and just know I am here for you. I have shared about um, potentially needing to create a wait list and you know if things keep going the way that they're going which is amazing you know um i i constantly am having these beautiful clients come my way and start working with me or these beautiful people come my way and then become my beautiful clients um I'm, I'm truly so blessed with working with so many people right now and my schedule is getting to the point of being like full, but I do still have space for one-on-one clients. So if this episode resonated with you or if you have been thinking about working with me for a while now and you just haven't reached out, just know that I do have spots open. And what I like to do is um, you can just send me an email. I have my email in the show notes and you can just send me an email telling me that you'd like to schedule a discovery call with me. And that's what I like to do. I like hopping on a discovery call with you. It gives us a chance to just meet, get to know each other and chat a little bit more about where you're at. And then I do offer weekly and bi-weekly private sessions. So we can decide like based off of your schedule, your financial situation, the type of support that you're needing, all that sort of stuff we can um you know decide on which way you want to go either weekly or bi-weekly and then get you all set up in the calendar and start our journey together so thank you so much for tuning in this week happy valentine's day my friends and i guess i will be back next week and we're going to do a deeper dive into parts work so love you all and we'll chat next week 